This program is sponsored by Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts. Located at 185 Worcester Street, right on Route 9, they can be reached at 508-545-8105 or at wickedchronicvendorcommerce.com. Wicked Chronic is a boutique-style retail shop that focuses on selling counterculture products such as Wiccan cannabis cultures coming together in a unique setting. You need something for that special spell? Go on down to Wicked Chronic in Natick, Massachusetts and speak to Beverly. Tell them Dr. Chris sent you. Check them out today. In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred hounds Cries of the banshee, a terror of the wind go You also can't see if there's just nowhere to go It's the creature And welcome back to the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast, dedicated to the television series on the CW, where we talk about the monsters mythology, ghosts, and goblins that appear every week, fighting Sam and Dean Winchester, part of the Radio Horror Network. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm Mel Heflin, his co-host. And tonight, we are talking about bedtime stories, with Mel has the episode synopsis for us. The three little pigs and Hansel and Gretel come to life and attract Sam and Dean's attention to Maple Springs, New York, where they try to prevent Little Red Riding Hood, Cinderella, and Snow White from having unhappy endings. Sam also confronts the crossroad demon with the newly refurbished pole. What are the fairy tales that appear in this episode? That would be The Three Little Pigs, Hansel and Gretel, Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood, and Snow White. And all of them, with the exception of the Three Little Pigs, were written by the Brothers Grimm, correct? Yep. They were originally French fairy tales that were translated into German and written by the Brothers Grimm. Uh, the Three Little Pigs was written by James Halliwell Phillips. Um, it is an English fairy tale, actually. Yep. I wonder when Hollywood's going to make a big-budget version of the Three Little Pigs. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. That's uh, that's usually like a cartoon. I couldn't find much information about the the creepy version of the Three Little Pigs. I've read Grimm's Fairy Tales before. I've read the comic book that was that came out with them, and um, some of them have slightly different endings. I know that like I wouldn't be able to translate a German version of the original, but I've read some of the things that have come out based on the Brothers Grimm. Now, the there's not, like, one monster in this episode. It's all the imagination of a little girl in a coma who was unfortunately put there by her uh, stepmother. Um, her psychic ghost energy creates the uh, fairy tales that her father, the doctor, uh, reads to her. That is such a... Um, uh, it was such a confusing episode for me, and, you know, even the first time that I watched it, difficult because I was always very confused at the idea that she was a ghost but she was still alive 
No? Mm, yeah, no, I guess... Um, I mean... Yeah, because she's like in a coma, but right. she's a ghost. And I know coma patients have, like... There are stories of, like, walking away from your body. You know, if you've ever seen, like, Insidious, the kid leaves his body in Insidious... And yeah. he goes in a coma for several months. A gastral projection. Right. That's that's kind of like what it is. Like, you know, uh, you, um, the Professor X and the X-Men does astral projection a lot. And in the uh, Insidious movie, uh, like demons or whatever, bad spirits or whatever, will, you know, need a vessel in order to walk around on Earth. And they use uh, comatose patients to do it, which is kind of interesting <laughs> for that plot line they don't they don't explore that as much as they they should in other movies um i've I've always kind of wished they would like have a big plot of like a coma ward and all these coma patients that have all these demons they need like lin shay and the other ghost hunting characters to go to the hospital and deal with that bullshit you know what i mean that would be kind of cool pick that apart like while it would be really fun to think of the what ifs i would pick it apart just because a body laying stiff for that long doesn't have much of a range of motion, so they would walk even more uh, about the similar, uh, similarly to what a mummy would if a mummy were to actually come back to life. They've been sitting there stiff, you know. They're they get rolled over by the nurses and stuff, so blood doesn't pool up, and they don't um, have these major sores and stuff just from, from sitting. But it's still like, you know. Well, the other thing is, like, uh, the kid when he wakes up from his coma, he's just like up and out of bed, you know. And it's like, <laughs> um, God. I remember in Kill Bill when she wakes up from her coma because she gets shot in the head, she is literally muscle atrophied that like you wouldn't believe. Um, yeah. in the Dead Zone. Uh, Christopher Walken's character has to have multiple surgeries in order to fix his muscle atrophy. Yeah. Which makes complete sense. I mean, but that that's 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 neither here nor there. Um, the astral <laughs> yeah, projection. That's a whole other yeah, there's a whole other. That, we're we're really getting into like all the different like things about uh, muscle atrophy. Um, this this also reminds me of the tulpa in a way because the energy creates these things. That makes sense. And, uh, you know, like, so you have the couple that are in the woods, and they meet the old lady. Yeah. Um, now, which one of the stories was the three little pigs? They were at the very, very beginning. The three guys were arguing about the right way to build a house. Uh, okay, I really right. You have to pay attention to the Yeah, arguments, so they like, weren't that overweight either, you know what I mean? One guy kind of, like, I could kind of see it. Where, but uh, shouldn't they all oint. be like ki- actually oint, <clears throat> But shouldn't they all be kind of like piggy guys? You know what I mean? Like picking yeah. out like you know grossly obese or something like that because that's what a pig is. Yeah. Or they could have acted like pigs, like you know, hey the baby, yeah, hey baby, what's you doing tonight? You know, like a male chauvinist pig. That would have been cooler. Uh, missed opportunity on Eric Kripke's part, who wrote the episode. That or some moments got cut in editing. <laughs> Uh, the Three Little Pigs, uh, The Nursery Rhymes of England, was published in 1886 and is arguably the best well-known story by Joseph. Um, 
The story begins with the title characters being sent into the world by their mother to seek out their fortune. How you do that as a pig, I don't know. The first little pig builds a house of straw. The wolf blows it down and devours him. The second little pig builds a house of sticks, which the wolf blows down. And the second, li- the, the second little pig is also devoured. Each exchange between wolf and pig features ringing proverbial phrases, such as, Little pig, little pig, let me come in. No, 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 not by the hair of my chinny, chin chin, which I would love to have heard in this episode. <laughs> uh, so you have the Hansel and Gretel one. Uh, okay, so let's talk about Hansel and Gretel. Did you ever see that movie, by the way, starring Jeremy Renner? I did. I God, I kind of wish they had made a sequel to that movie. I saw something, yay. <laughs> I was really hoping they were going to do a sequel to that movie. They never did. Uh, it was prime for a franchise. But uh, So the Hansel and Gretel story is about the the brother and sister who go to the witch's house. It's made of gingerbread. It's the, the gingerbread house, right? Um... It's normally a gingerbread house, yeah. Okay, so then the witch, like, you know, tries to eat them, and it gets pushed into the oven. Yeah. The end. Uh, that's the simplified version of it. Um, I've also seen the uh, adult version in, in adult films. <laughs> Course. Where they are clearly over eighteen year old actors and a much older act- porn star who invite them in and teach them the you know uh, <laughs> <laughs> that for some reason comes to mind and I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> um, the but, story Hansel and Gretel was originally called Little Brother and Little Sister, and it's set in medieval Germany. Um, the year uh, blah blah blah. blah. Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm heard Hansel and Gretel from Wilhelm's friend and future wife Dorchen Wilde, and it was published in the uh, in a in a periodical in 1812. Um, in the version of the Grimm's tale, the woodcutter's life, wife is the children's biological mother, and the blame for abandoning them is shared between both her and the woodcutter. In later editions, some slight revisions, the wife becomes the children's stepmother, and she becomes the witch. Yeah, there there was um some. Deb- whether it was the same person, whether the mother was the witch, because in versions of the story, she actually disappears at the ending when the children return to the happy woodsman. Now, did you ever see the TV series Grimm on uh, NBC? It ran for six seasons. I haven't. It's about a cop in Portland who discovers that he is, um, that his great aunt, uh, who he, you know, he, uh, who, who raised him for many years, and is dying now, um, has, be, tells him that he is, when she dies, the next Grimm. And that includes being able to see people for what they really are, like monsters. Ah. And it was a really cool show. It was a police procedural show, so every episode there was the new... It was like the Monster of the Week episode. Yeah. And there was an overarching storyline that ran for six seasons. I mean, it took them six years to get to this overarching storyline of like this mystery in the black forest of Germany and you're like they constantly are going back to it like what is the big mystery what is the big what is the map what are the keys what are the coins what is this special you know this stick which is basically a magic wand what is it connected to and you finally get to it and you're like whoa that's kind of heavy yeah. And there's a lot of twists and turns. There's some character development that's not as great as others. There's some really memorable characters in it. Like, the first episode was like a Red Riding Hood thing, and he encounters what he thinks to be the big bad wolf, who happens to be a vegan. Huh. And he's a blue blood. 
and uh, he is the basically second banana of the entire show. Uh, who eventually falls in love with a foxhound, who's like a, a, a like a fox creature thing. Um, and there's just some memorable stuff in that show. It, it, it honestly had a great cast. It had a great lineup. Again, some character development was a little like, what the hell are they doing? Uh, but uh, definitely worth checking out all six seasons. Uh, I highly recommend it. But uh, whenever I hear The Brothers Grimm, I immediately think of that. And then, of course, there was that movie starring Matt Damon and Heath Ledger, which was directed by Taron Gilliam. I haven't seen that one. It's an amazing movie, and I think Matt Damon and Heath Ledger had great chemistry together. Unfortunately, we will obviously never be able to see that type of chemistry again with Heath Ledger passing away 11 years ago around this time. Uh, also stars uh, Lena Headley from Game of Thrones. What else do you have for about the Brothers Grimm, one of these other fairy oh. tales? When were you first <laughs> exposed to the Brothers Grimm? When was that? Um, I actually found... A Brothers Grimm comic book, a Brothers Grimm um, inspired comic book in Spencer's. I guess I was like 15, and it was one of those like compendium comics, and I was just completely fascinated by it. And unfortunately, the writer only did the one shot, and it had I think Cinderella, Red Riding Hood, um, Snow White, a couple of others. I think there was a Beauty and the Beast one, but it didn't cover all of the the stories. Uh, go on. Um, I'm just looking at my notes here. The fairy tale, Hansel and Gretel, actually is, um, it takes place on a real time period called the Great Famine, which was between the years of 1315 and 1312. Mm-hmm. And the reason they sent, um, the mother sent the children out into the woods was to protect her and her husband from starving and they would rather she would have rather had her kids the kids fend for themselves than potentially starve herself one of the things i find funny is that uh the uh the actress who plays young kaylee who's causing all these things to happen uh played by ava hughes um that this episode came out in 20, 2007, now we are in 2019. you got to think about all the child ex- characters that were on Supernatural the first few years of the show are now basic, now adults in college. Oh my god. Because the show's been on for 14 seasons. That's crazy thinking about that. I know, isn't it? This, by the way, uh, this season of Supernatural was also the shortest of all the seasons because this is when the uh, writer's strike happened in Hollywood. I remember that. Yeah, so this season only has like about 18 episodes. Um, the killer old lady, I wanted to point out, was played by Maxine Miller, who had been in uh, Millennia, Millennium, which was a um, Lance Henriksen television show. And her most recent role was she was Christian Grey's grandmother in Fifty Shades Freed. Oh my god. <laughs> which the only reason she's probably in that is because that's the movie they get married. Gotcha. Uh, she appears in one other episode of Supernatural. She plays Sheila in 2012. Uh, Hunteria Hiroshia, uh, which is an episode we have not covered yet. And she was also in Dr. Doolittle. She was on Smallville. She was in uh, Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd Century, which was an animated series. She's uh, such a likable face. Yeah, her career goes all the way back to 1954, and she's still acting today, again, having appeared in the most recent Fifty, Shade, 50 Shades of Garbage. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like to call it. 
Uh, Little Red Riding Hood, played by Libby Osler, uh, has been in Seventh Son, Stargate, currently on the Hot Zone, which I don't know what that is. I haven't heard of it. Yeah, some TV series currently on. Um, can't watch everything. I have a hard enough trying to keep trying to keep up with uh, with Supernatural sometimes, and I skip <laughs> and then I skip episodes and then we do the podcast and I'm like, damn it, they just happened and I missed it. We could have mentioned it. Um, we have to of course mention the fact that uh, Supernatural got renewed for a fifteenth season. Yeah. Like unbelievable. We're gonna be doing this show forever. Yeah. So, by the way, uh, Aaron. Um, uh, ooh, I just I wanted to point out real quick uh, the actor who plays Clint who I think is the big bad wolf in the episode, the wolf's in sheep's clothing. I'm not sure. Uh, he's a stuntman. He is Aaron Eastwood. Do you know ah. who his father is? No. Clint? Yes. Ah. Yeah. He was in Spartacus, the TV series. He has been in all the Lord of the Ring Hobbit films. Uh, in the most recent Mission Impossible The one where Tom Cruise did all his own stunts. <laughs> yeah. So he was kind of useless in that movie because Tom Cruise has to do all his own stunts. Speaking of Red Riding Hood, the original version, um, she cannibalizes her own grandmother. Ew. And drinks her grandmother's blood out of a wine glass that the wolf had left out. The wolf is filled with heavy stones skinned and killed by the huntsman. Yeah, I do that. And then they come across a woman who tells them to hide because her husband, the devil, will eat them. One of the most shocking things I found out was that you'd never been in a fairy tale movie. I haven't. I have read... Uh, the closest thing was I did read read some lines of Shakespeare but that that's not very good it goes back to the witches episode but it's um, you know it's still literature oh uh, okay I get what you're saying yeah you mean like uh, bubble bubble toil and trouble something along those lines gotcha 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 it takes the dad to stop the uh, stop his daughter from doing what she's doing and hurting people basically uh, I mean she's angry because she died and that's it. Like, Sam and Dean don't have to go desecrate the body of a little girl. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to set the, the ward on, like, her bed on fire while she's in it. <laughs> but Dad has to, unfortunately, pull the plug. Which is, I mean, it's it's rough because you wouldn't think of a child as ha- having a living will. Like, oh, gosh, never put me on life support kind of situation. I wonder if he was still married to... Uh... The lady that... No, she died, remember? It was just her and... Oh, okay. Remember, he says it was just her and Kaylee. That's gotta be rough. Yeah, but she died after Kaylee went into the coma. Had to, because she's the one who poisoned her. Yeah. Or, well, ble- you know, well, tried to poison her, ended up putting her into a coma. And Dad <laughs> wouldn't give up on her, so... Which is unfortunate. Um, I think we carry we counter stuff like this again later on in the show. I just can't really remember off the top of my head. All right, so this is coming from Supernatural, the official companion of Season 3 by Nicholas Knight. It says, 
Once upon a time, there were two brothers. One a charming knight, a black steed. Oh, uh, one a charming knight on a black steed, and the other a friendly giant. They roamed from village to village, slaying dragons, casting out demons, unmasking witches, and banishing re- restless spirits. Then one day they came upon Kaylee, a sleeping beauty with hair as black as night and skin as white as snow. They discovered that her stepmother had poisoned her with a magical potion, and she was doomed to sleep for all eternity. Then the handsome princess kissed her. She awoke and lived happily ever after. With the both of them? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> because that's literally what they're saying. But uh, maybe not with this one, considering she's like 10. Ew. <laughs> maybe she's like 16, and they're like 17, because, you know, that's the way they were written back then. Anyway, at least that's how the modern bedtime version ends. In the original telling, passed down orally for centuries, the sleeping girl, a prisoner of her own mind, willed her spirit free and was unable to convince her father that her ghost wasn't a figment of his imagination. That's one thing we forgot to point out. The dad can see her. But when she found her stepfather... Sorry, when she found her stepmother had already died, meaning she couldn't exact her revenge, she lost her mind and went on a violent killing spree. Isn't that sweet? Generally speaking, a fairy tale is a story that features folkloric creatures, including popular mainstays such as fairies, witches, goblins, trolls, talking animals, and other magical or supernatural elements such as fairy godmothers, magically cursed objects, so on and so forth. All versions ranging from horrifying tales of violence, cruelty, to sweet tales of princesses and fairy tale romances were created to teach children and adults alike important life lessons. Take Little Red Riding Hood, for example. Don't stray from the path of Grandma's house, a simple virtue, or you'll wind up in a stranger's bed, which will lead to your destruction. For adults, the underlying message is clear, but children will be unlikely to see beyond the immediate story. We kind of get the subtext there. Um, and the moral in Hansel and Gretel is an early version of the warning not to take candy from strangers. The Three Little Pigs, which is uh, don't let in strangers, don't, uh, don't obsess about doing the right thing because the work is too easy. Fairy tales have been around in some form or all cultures since before recorded history. But particularly in the last couple of centuries, the sex and violence elements have been toned down to reflect what adults feel is suitable for children's ears, a.k.a. Disney movies. Even in the Disney versions, there's a lot of murder, a lot of missing or dead parents and children in peril, though. It was really fun to take them and turn them into something so nasty, Humphreys enthuses, who was one of the writers. The challenge was to have fairy tales feel very grounded and real, and on one hand, you have to let the audience know that they're referencing the three little pigs, but on the other hand, have them feel like these are three real men arguing about construction. Those were the challenges. Um, I see that being challenging. They solve the challenge by having a young girl spirit cause the stories to play out in the real world. There's a ghost called a fetch, which is the spirit of someone who's between death and life. Ah. Dean was a fetch in the time of the dying, and he was able to eventually move a glass. Uh, if you hover there long enough, you get some kind of control, kind of like in uh, Ghost. Remember in Ghost, Patrick Swayze has to be taught how to move stuff? Yeah. Some people believe that you don't have to be in a coma or near death in order to detach your spirit from the body or astral projection. It probably just takes a lot of concentration. I've read the books and I've tried, Ben Edlin confesses, who was one of the writers of the show we've talked about, but I'm not very good at astral projector. Then again, maybe it's not such a great idea to leave your body and spooky because then you have to get back. But what if you can't get back? In other words, don't try this at home, kitties. And that, again, is from the Supernatural Official Companion Season 3 by Nicholas Knight. So a little insight into... Uh, this type of stuff here in the episode. Um, it's really nice to know what the name of what Kaylee was now. Right. Um, in early drafts of the script, Catherine Humphreys, the writer, included background scenes of more fairy tales being enacted through the story. 
For example, nice. when Sam and Dean are in the hospital, the camera would have panned over a room where Sleeping Beauty was in a coma. That would have been interesting. Yeah. Uh, Dean's best line in the episode, I'm going to stop the big bad wolf, which is the weirdest thing I've ever said. <laughs> Not indicative of the beginning of the uh, for the for the what we're talking about at hand, but I do love the argument between Sam and Dean over going after the crossover demon with the cult, and Dean like being like, "Cause I'm the oldest." Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that is a great argument between the two, which was a big build up for what was going to happen in season three and four, obviously in season five. But uh, neither here nor there. So, but uh, it, maybe one day, we we will get to an apocalypse, the apocalypse episode itself. We were going to talk about the apocalypse and doomsday and the end of the world, Ragnarok, that that whole thing will be covered in like what Ragnarok actually means. I mean, it's not a cool rock band in Nor- in Norse mythology. It's it's an awesome movie starring um, Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's pretty much it for this episode of Supernatural Creatures and Lore, uh, the podcast. We'd like to thank everybody for tuning tuning in. Let's like thank Jessel Lantern for her awesome music. Like to thank Wicked Chronic for being our sponsor, and we'd like to thank our other podcasts that are playing our spot now. Thank you, everybody. I am Dr. Chris, and you can find me at Chris D S A V on Twitter. And I'm Mel Heflin. You can find me everywhere at Mel Heflin. And you can also find us on Supernatural Creatures and Lore, our group. Talk to us. Send us an email at thatradiohar at gmail.com if you wish to as well. Thank you, everybody, and we'll be back in a few weeks. Have a good one. Hello, and welcome to Screen Scene. The horror movie podcast where we watch every horror movie ever made in chronological order, then rank them from best to worst. Your dedicated hosts, Sarah and Ben, bring you a new episode each week, covering the history of film through a horror lens. From silent to sound and black and white to color, and the social and cultural context surrounding them. Scream Scene is your well-researched, in-depth, and respectful dive into the horror movies of old. Join us, Creatures of the Night, by subscribing to Scream Scene on iTunes. And visit our website, screamscenepodcast.tumblr.com. You'll be dying to subscribe. (laughs) That's pretty bad. It'll be a hell of a good time. Better? It'll lift your spirits. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred hounds Cries of the banshee, a terror of the wind go You only can't see if it's just nowhere to go It's the creature